Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pado. Welcome, Pado. Yes, hello, Dano. Hello, listeners. Uh, feeling much better than I was last week, so should be some better content this week. Yes, yes. Let's just get straight into it with a weekly winner, and that was Ashley with the Gender Benders. Who did they have, Pado? Uh, lots of the real high-scoring guys um, and avoided most of the carnage for, well, last week anyway. Um, Sicily VC was huge, uh, 172, but Dawson, Stewart, Dacos in defence, the usual suspects. Um, Petrarca, Merritt, Neal in midfield, and Jack McRae, um, which was a very nice early pickup by Ashley. Um, Dunkley and Taranto up forward, as you, know, you would hope everyone does. So, yep. yeah, decent team. Here we go. So... Injuries and suspensions. First off, we had Rory Laird, but he appealed and is now free to play, Pato. So that's all good. Um, yep, we're good. Guys. Yep, yep. Lukey Parker, suspension, one week. Sean Darcy, hamstring. Fuck. Um, they said short term, but what does that usually mean, Pato? I mean, it's really hard to tell because it, I saw a, an article or a comment that said that um, they're hoping he'll play against the Giants, which means he misses this week. And I'm pretty sure they've got them after their bye. Um, oh, no, sorry, two after their bye. So they've got the bye, then Richmond, then GWS. So on that, he's only missing two games. But I think because of the bye situation and a lot of people are struggling to get to 18 this week, um, missing round 13 actually is fine because it's the round 13 bye. And then if he's back for round 14, it's almost a hold. But, like, he's a big motherfucker. So... It's it's also a possibility of being four weeks and then you're fucked for round 14 and 15. So it's a tough decision. I think I'm training, trading Dano, but I'm sure we've got some questions about it. Yeah. Um, what buy does he have again? This week. Oh, yeah. Cool. Okay. That's uh, Um Seamus Mitchell, knee. He's listed as a test, um, but there was a news that he should be fine during the week, Pato. Yeah, and wasn't on the injury list either. So um, I think we're we're good with him. Uh, Patrick Cripps got sand in his vagina, so he went to another hotel room. Um, should play, but will probably be hampered a little bit still. You reckon, Pato? Yeah, I mean, he, he's been carrying a knee, I'm pretty sure, anyway. So just throw a fucking ankle on top, why not? But um, he, he needs to buy. As an owner, I need him to get to the buy. He'll probably give me 60 this week. I may need that 60, so he's a hold for now and possibly a luxury upgrade. But, yeah, needs his buy badly. Yep, Ollie Holland's shoulder out for eight weeks. If you got him, fuck him off. Yep, done. Boot them out. Asava Radigalia, hammy, two to three weeks. If you got him, fuck him off. <laughs> yeah, this one actually hurts because um, he was a pretty decent buy coverage and was hitting some form, but yep, got to go. Yep, Clayton Oliver, um, the one that everyone wants to know about. What is he actually listed as, Pado? They've confirmed that he'll play next uh, Monday Against Collingwood, so he'll miss this week again. Play against Collingwood, and then they've got their bye. So, for those that held, um, that's probably the right move in in retrospect. But you know, it's really, really always hard to tell with these sort of hamstrings. Yep, Jack Bytel got concussed, so shit times. 
Um, and then Paddy McCartan can't get over those concussion symptoms, so he's on the LTI list now. Yeah, really feel for him. I would dare say that's career over, sadly. Um, but, yeah, we'll talk about some possible replacements for him, Dano. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll move on to a really different waiting in the wings this week, Pato, because we had the mid-season draft this week. So I think the Giants picked up the, the Pass brothers. Um, they're twins, apparently, but pick five and pick 14. <laughs> um, don't like to kick a snag, but like to pass it off. Anyway, that's a really <laughs> shit joke. I'm sorry, i got no children. I, I'm a single father with no kids. Uh, <laughs> You passed on having children as well. <laughs> anyway, um, I think it's fair to say, Pato, that Ryan Marich, that West Coast took with pick one, will probably play this weekend, if not the next. Yeah, he's got two legs, two arms from all accounts, so we'll probably play this weekend. Um, he won't even be uh, ready to move his shit into somewhere around Perth, and he'll be fucking, he'll be playing, so... Yeah, should be a nice one or two k rookie for us among uh, uh, quite a few of these guys. Yep, yep. Now, like pick two went to uh, the North Melbourne with Robert Hanson Jr. Can't really see him cracking the team. Kai Tucker, pick three, who's a ruckman, uh, went to Hawks again. I can't see him cracking that team. Pick four for um, the Tigers, Matt Coulthard. I can't see him getting into that team. Pato, can you at Richmond? I could see him possibly getting a game at some stage because I think we do need some help forward of the ground just with some some speed and that he does provide that. Uh, however, uh, Morris Rioli Jr. is um, probably back this week or next week, so he'd be ahead of the, the pecking order, obviously. But real similar sort of Lambert type, which um, is quite helpful um, if we can get him playing that brand. But he's only played a couple of senior games at Sandville, so I don't think he's quite ready, but could be a late debut, possibly. Don't need his life story, mate. I just wanted to know if he could play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> ah, uh, Sydney. Well, Giants passed up pick five. Um, Sydney have picked up key defender Harry Arnold. Um, I think he's actually from the Brisbane Lions VFL if I remember yep. correctly, who yep. has been likened to Harris Andrews, Pato. And he's probably one of the three that will get game time potentially straight away. Yep, agreed, agreed. So hopefully we get him as a nice 102K rookie defender. Sydney are on the bye this weekend, so he'll at least get a couple of training sessions before, yep. I dare say, debuting in round 13, quite possibly. So could be some nice uh, buy coverage there. Yeah, Mitch Hardy went to Geelong with pick seven, and that pisses me off. If anyone knows, I'm a Woodfield West Torrens supporter in the Sandful, and I feel like that Geelong picking him up is just a waste of his talent. Um, he won't crack that midfield. Um, he might play as a small forward or something, maybe, um, even though he's not small, although the Sandful website does say he's only 83 centimetres tall, Pato. Uh <laughs> I, I actually, I actually yep. disagree with you, Dana. I reckon he comes in and plays some midfield minutes because for that Cats team on the weekend, their midfield group was decimated. And I think, I mean, Dangerfield's probably close, I think, um, probably plays after their bye. Um, but other than that, like Tom Atkins, like he's your grunt guy, that's fine. Marco Connor played 
Tanner Bruin, who um, they don't really love. He played 53% time on ground. And Parfit at 64% time on ground. Like, and Nevitt, close, Stengel. Like, they're getting CBAs, Dano. So, I almost feel like they're crying out for a midfielder. And I, and I think Hardy is ready to go. He is ready to go. Um, I, I think that he's wasted at Geelong, though. Um, but he's one that can push forward, kick snaggeroonies, shit like that. So... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just far too long for that Geelong team, really. I I hope it says midfielder um, listed, but I hope when Supercoach opens, we might see midfield slash forward on him. Um, that would be fucking amazing. Um, but again, I still don't reckon he'll play. But I hope you're right, and he does, even though it's for a shit team like Geelong, because fuck them. Um, Ethan Stanley, pick eight for Frio on the wing. Can't see him cracking that team. Jaden Hunter, pick nine, tall forward for Essendon. Can you see him cracking Essendon's team? Why? I can. They they need a tall yeah. forward. Yep. I thought that they were more so screaming out for another defender, to be honest. Well, Laverde's returned now, and they've got Baldwin playing defense now who played VFL. So I think in defense they're fine. I, I think they need a tall forward. They've got uh, – oh, I should know this better. Um, Peter Wright's out. He hasn't played a game all year. Yep. Um They've got a couple of younger guys who I should know their names, but who gives a shit about Essendon? <laughs> Harrison Jones has played a few games, but he's injured and out for the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Peter Wright, he's expected to be around 15, 16 sort of proposition. Like, I can see a world where he comes straight in and possibly plays. Like, Wiedemann's been playing, but he's just sort of been kind of the lone wolf down there, really, I think. Yeah, okay. Don't mind it then. Caleb Poulter, familiar name. Pick 10 for the Western Bulldogs. So he goes from Collingwood, delisted, to the Western Bulldogs. Um, and Quinton Narkel, another one. Pick 11, midfielder, um, to Port Adelaide. So two former AFL-listed players right there in Poulter and Narkel. Picked up at picks ten and eleven, could see some time. They would obviously be not be one hundred and two k. Um, they'll but they'll be a little bit more inflated on the rookie side of things. Brandon Ryan, uh, pick twelve, tall forward to the Hawks. I don't even know how to fuck to pronounce this one, Pato. James Trezise. Uh, I think it's Trezise. Okay, defender for Richmond. I don't know. Uh, pick 14, the other pass brother for the Giants. And the one that I actually do think could play is Jack Buller, pick 15 for Sydney. He was in conversations not long ago to go pick one in the mid-season draft, and he slid all the way to pick 15, Paddo. Mind-boggling stuff. Anyway. Uh, you just cut out there, so I don't know what you said, but I'm assuming that you said something about being... Uh, surprised that he was the last pick, which I agree with. I just want to go back over for a second, Dano. Uh, Caleb Poulter, I can actually see coming straight in. Like He's been playing very well for the VFL team and been in that system. So would would potentially be able to step right in, but he won't be probably super coach relevant unless he gets a huge discount. Uh, but I can see him replacing an O'Donnell, McNeil sort of guy in that team and playing on a wing, which is fairly attractive in that dog's system. Um, Quentin Narkel could possibly come in as well, but I mean, Port Adelaide are flying and very tough team to crack. Um, Trezisi probably doesn't come in, but yeah, Bullard probably, I agree, comes uh, into the team almost straight away. Yeah, yeah. Now, we're going to go into 
um, current AFL listed players um, outside of the mid-season draft as well. So one that I'll, his numbers don't scream pick me, but the reason why he's in the waiting in the wings is because Steel Sidebottom and I forgot the other fucker who used to play for the Giants. I think it's Hoskin Elliott, uh, both out. Um, and this bloke is pretty much tailor-made to fill the spot potentially, and that's um, Big Ed Allen of Collingwood. So he's, like I said, his numbers aren't screaming pick me, but like last week he got, uh, what the fuck did he get? 19 disposals. It was 11 kicks, eight handballs, three marks, two tackles, zero goals, zero behinds. It's just, he's been playing on that wing role in the VFL. And I feel like that he could potentially come in this week just to fill a need. Pato, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, it, it quite possibly could happen for sure. Yeah. No one else really screaming out um, in the the Magoos for Collingwood, to be honest. Um, we'll keep moving on. So Ed Allen was going to be my main one just for a needs basis there. Um, we also got Carlton, Chincotta, back at it again with those white vans, if you know what I mean. If you know, you know. 29 disposals, 16 kicks, 13 handballs, 8 marks, 3 tackles, 2 inside 50s, 5 rebound 50s. So man is on the source. <laughs> he's on the he's on the good shit. Uh, and if you held him, he could potentially come back in, Pato. Yes. Um, Spilling, I traded him out, but he probably comes in just because Carlton copped about six injuries last weekend. So surely he comes in and surely Paddy Dow plays his first game in almost a year, surely. Well, maybe. I've got someone else for you, Pat. His name is Bins. Jackson Bins. <laughs> what a fucking name. Carlton VFL's team. He's a fucking... Yeah, what a trash name, indeed. Uh, 21, <laughs> 21 kicks... Uh, six handballs, nine marks, one tackle, four inside 50s, four rebound 50s. So he, I don't actually know too much about this bloke. He's listed as a medium defender. Um, and he's been determined, like, he's called the running man. They call him the running man at Carlton. Uh, and, yeah, they, they're they just calling him hardworking bins. I mean, you could you could call almost all of Carlton just running men because that's about all they're doing on the footy field because they're not doing fucking much else. And I'll go to his draft um, snapshot. So a hard-running wingman slash forward who racks up possessions on the outside and can hit the scoreboard. Yet he's listed as a medium defender in Carlton's VFL team. So, And he was a pro- prolific outside midfielder with capacity to translate his best traits as a high half forward. So I'm just like it wouldn't surprise me if Bins does make it to the emergencies, maybe a sub or something. I'm not sure, um, but yeah, he's one that I that caught my eye um, in the Magoos. Again, Charlie Constable, Pato, um, fucking broken record here. Nineteen kicks, seven handballs, seven marks, one tackle, two inside fifties, nine rebound fifties. So again, just getting in the twenties. Is that was that this week? Because I've got different stats in front of me for round ten. Ooh, where Constable had thirty-five disposals, twenty-five kicks, ten handballs, uh, yeah, eight, two tackles. Yeah, so I fucked up. It's all good. Come on, Dano. 
Hang on, I've got it. No, I've got I've got twenty six disposals here for round ten. Hang oh. on a second. I've got thirty five on the VFL app. I've got round ten. Hang on. Are you looking at round nine? No, for, uh, the game against Footscray. The fuck? I've got. What the fuck? <laughs> anyway, he he had a good game. Hey, hang on a second. Footy live app, <laughs> lift your fucking game. I, I would trust the VFL um, official app over that. Oh, maybe. If, hang on. I don't think they. Was he playing in defense? I have a feeling he was. Wouldn't have, wouldn't have a clue. Nine rebound 50s. I think he might have played in defense, and the foot, the, this app doesn't count kick ins. Right. So maybe that might be the reason why. I don't know. Anyway, Constable played good. Um, another one for was Box Hills. Um, Mr. Long got three goals and 34 disposals, Pato, and nine tackles. Pretty fucking solid outing. 151 dream team. i got different stats again to you. I've got 38 touches, three goals, 12 tackles. Fuck, man. They, I reckon they just gave up in the last few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he did have a pretty nuts game. Um, there's a bit of a spot there as well, albeit for one week with Sicily coming out. I have a feeling they'll probably go to Scrimshaw instead and maybe, just maybe, Weddle plays the Sicily role, which will be very helpful for owners. Um, and I think Scrimshaw maybe plays Weddle's role and then see how that goes and they'll reassess for round 13 once Sicily returns. But, yeah, a um, couple of really ridiculous performances in that team. Scrimshaw had 29 touches. McGuinness had 36 touches. Um, and Callum Brown, who isn't on an AFL list, had a lazy 39. And I'm a little bit surprised he didn't get picked up uh, in the mid-season draft, don't I? Yep, yep. And one of the mid-season draftees, the one that went number one, what did you get for his stats? Because I've got two goals, 11 disposals. Who was that? You just cut out again. Uh, Marich. Ah, yes. For Box Hill. What do you got him listed as? Because I've got him as two goals, 11 disposals. 12 disposals, two goals. Fucking what? Anyway. <laughs> Fuck this shit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they had, yeah, anyway, they're, they're the ones that were waiting in the wings. We don't have to say Josh Faye again because he actually fucking played, even though he got one disposal because he got subbed in late. Um, <laughs> what role did he play, Dano? To be honest, man, I was not watching, and I'm <laughs> shattered because I turned I over. I turned on the score on my AFL app, and I'm like, "You're fucking joking!" I was in the shitter. Beautiful. I was in the shitter at a restaurant. <laughs> That's when you get it on. Get a cheeky stats check. Phone like, out. Yeah, you get what? the KO up. Uh, I was like, "What the fuck? What three in a row, baby? Cats are our fucking bitches." Anyway. That, that's that's it for waiting in the wings. <laughs> yes, it is. And mid-season draft talk. Okay, Pato. So the, we've already talked about the ones that are going to jump out at us. Most of them will be 102K, so that's all sweet. Rookie trade-ins this week, though. First one, we spoke about him last week, and we were like, oh, we just want to see if he can back it up again. And that was Eddie Ford, 123K forward. He's got a minus 114 break-even, Pato, and a 93 average. Yep, and backed up his uh, ton with an 83, which you definitely don't scoff at. Um, they played Collingwood as well, which 
83 against them um, is mm. actually quite impressive. And he's getting up around the ball, getting up around the wing area so, as well. So very, very attractive role. He's getting plenty of footy. And I, it, it's worked out, Dano, but I actually went early on forward last week. <gasps> okay. Good um, <laughs> and I could have egg on my face. So I'm not going to try and say it was a genius move. It was very re- risky and it's paid off. Uh, but yeah, I think Eddie Ford is as much of a, a must have this week because even though he has around 15 by this, is, this, this is a three week flip. This is an easy 100 and 100 to 150 K in the space of three weeks while he plays. And then you just flick him off to another rookie. So you can upgrade to a primo. So I, I think Ford needs to come into everyone's team. Yep. George Wardlaw, his teammate, next one, 193K, mid minus 16 break even, 64 average. Didn't have the greatest scoring game in his second game. Um, I don't think he's as much of a must have as Eddie Ford, to be honest. But in saying that, I'm okay if people do pick him, even though he's at an inflated price at 193K. Man, like just eye test alone, man, looks like he can play footy. Solidly. I agree with you. I agree. Uh, he's got a really nice role. He had 14 CBAs, Dano, uh, against a team that is very hard for inside mids to score against in Collingwood. And they have, for the season, um, conceded pretty low scores to those inside types. And obviously, Wardlaw is not not your yeah, Josh Dunkley types, but mm-hmm. uh, he's an inside mid. So I, I, I think we look past the 43. He scored 85 against Sydney who are definitely no slouches in that midfield, even without Callum Mills. And he comes up against Essendon and GWS in his next two, Dano. And that is a GWS that will be without Josh Kelly still, you would assume. Mm. Uh, now, Tom Green and Cogs are obviously pretty good inside mids, but they've been conceding fairly big scores. And Essendon's midfield is kind of depleted at the moment. They've got merit and uh, not much else. So... That's a couple of nice, juicy matchups there. And then he plays the Dogs in round 14, which is obviously a pretty tough matchup. But I don't hate the idea of bring of people bringing him in. Um, I think you look past the 43 because the role is there. And, and as you said, the eye test is absolutely positive. Mm. Um, even, even as a keeper, Dano, like I can't see him getting out of this team aside from injury. So he gives you the buy coverage, obviously, and... It could be a sort of an M10 for you, and he may get some random sort of big scores later on in the year. Yep, yep, don't mind it. Um, Ned Long we've got here as well, um, 164K mid, minus 23 break even, 59. Um, hasn't played since round six, but as we were talking about before, monster fucking VFL game on the weekend. Pato, what are your thoughts? Yep, on the bubble, um, obviously team dependent. Risky because I'm not sure the job security is great, but if he plays, he could provide some decent enough cover. But again, that slightly inflated price at 164, I think there's probably maybe better options. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't disagree. <laughs> I'm going to have a quick squeeze, uh, Pato, at. Some others, uh, but I don't really like too many, to be honest. Let's look at under the 200K range. So, um, yeah, nothing really like McAndrew. He's got the bye, played poo. Um, yeah. There's I think really he gets dropped for someone on. that was just drafted, don't know. Yeah, to be honest, true. It's true. <laughs> um, you know, the funny thing is Lewis 
Lewis fucking Melican, I didn't realize was 172k, Pato. <laughs> yep, he's on the run sheet. He's, he's just paid one and he's got the buy this week. But yeah. I feel like he picks up some of those intercept possessions that uh, both McCartans and Dane Rampey do traditionally get. So I don't hate it. You'd, you'd obviously wait till next week to bring him in if we don't have the defensive rookies around. But like he's not going to make a bunch of money, but he will play the rest of the year health dependent. So yeah, yeah, I, I don't hate it. It's like that year that Nathan Brown was cheap coming off an ACL, Dano, and he and he averaged about forty, but he made a hundred k, and he actually had some really big scores when when injuries happened that year. I can't remember what year it was. It doesn't matter, but like just you never know when you might need his fifty. Now. <laughs> I'm looking at what you've written for Oyce and Mullen, and <laughs> I don't even know if that's how you fucking pr- pronounce it, but that's a, it's a little bit savage, Pato, what you've written. Uh, <laughs> well. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just his, saying, I'm just his saying. Irish mate, his Irish mate should not have come out and said what he said. I'm going to say well, this is why it's harsh, because in Nick Dacos's first game, he got a 98, and then in his second game, he got a 53. So this bloke's just started with Dacos's second game. He could end up being the Irish fucking Dacos. We don't know. We need to see more of this motherfucker. But he's a 102K defender and minus 14 break even. So it is a wait and see. He's only played the one game. But- yeah, and worth noting that he, play- assuming he plays, um, he plays this week and then has the buy. So this mm-hmm. is a, I mean, like, you could probably bring him in, but I would be waiting one more, then they got the buy and making sure that he gets picked for round 14 before jumping on. Um, it could be a nice 102k option. Yeah, yeah, agreed, agreed. Now, let's go into fucking trade-ins. Uh, so, Defender Primo trade-ins, let's go, Pato. We'll start with Jordan Dawson, 593k, 118 average, 44% owned, 130 break-even. Cheapest he's been, has it been, Pato? Yep. So get him in now oh, or never? Or? Not. Round, no. round three, he was 591, so not quite. But um, I, I'm i surprised he's only in 44%, if I'm honest, Dano. I, I think this is who I'm bringing in. I don't think he's going to be cheaper for the rest of the year. Yep. There's Gold Coast and West Coast in his next two, which are obviously pretty juicy matchups. And then has a pretty good run home as well, including West Coast in round 24, which will be the Supercoach Grand Finals. So... If you don't have him, I think this is the week. Yeah. Um, Tom Stewart, 587K, 109 average, 22% owned, 109 break even. It's, it's kind of like a POD at 22%, to be honest, Pato. Yeah, if I'm shocked that for, uh, that Dawson's only in 44%, I'm even more shocked that Stewart is only in 22%, considering he's got a buy with only one other team. Yeah. And he gives you that coverage for this week and round 14 and 15, which is obviously a big problem for everyone else. Uh, worth noting that the dogs do concede pretty high scores to intercept defenders as well. And we know that's Tom Stewart's role on the week on every week. So yep. not only a great trading option for this week, I, I think he goes over 600k this week with it, with a really big score. And obviously that makes him a huge VC slash C option this week as well. Don't know which obviously we'll talk about later. Yep. Sam Doherty, 557K, 101 average, 7% owned, 62 break even. He's got a five-round average of 114. Obviously not priced at that, Pato. Shithouse buy, good price. 
kind of annoyed. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's annoying because of the buy, but if you, for whatever reason, are looking okay for round 15 and you can afford to bring in a guy on that buy, I think Doherty is a great option and a really big POD at 6.6% um, yeah. ownership. So, yeah, he's he's been great. A three-run average of 118 and a five-run average of 114. So if you needed the evidence off that knee injury, we've seen it. Yep. Mason Redman is the talk of the town at the moment. 520K, 98 average, 4% owned, 55 break-even, three-round average of 127, five-round average of 102. Some structural changes at Essendon mean that he's freed up a little bit more now, Pato? A little bit. I actually feel like this is a little bit of a trap, Yeah, if I'm honest. Um, he scored, obviously, 144 on the weekend, Dano, but that was against West Coast. Scored 101 against Richmond and 136 against Brisbane. That's his last two. But before that, for four weeks in a row, he went 76, 51, 89, 72. So he's he's an up and down scorer. I actually feel like his teammate is a better option and is much cheaper. So we're going to talk about him next. But Redmond has been released a little bit, but this next guy that we're going to talk about has been released even more. And I think he is the absolute bargain buy of the week. Fucking annoying because this next bloke I traded in my Supercoach draft team and now he's hit his straps. That's Jordan Ridley at 428k, 88 average, 4% owned, minus 5 break even. Yeah, literally fucking bargain basement price. This is what we talk about when we talk about buying low. Um, What's that upgrade cadence shit that you're on about, Pato? Um, It's good (laughs) shit. (laughs) And this this will be it. If you got, like, the only thing is, and this is what's frustrating, if you got Will Day... Um, you'd have Will Day at, what, D5 and Jordan Ridley then at D6, and it kind of makes your defence look weak if you look at it like that. Um, yeah, unless you've know, got yeah. the trades to perhaps upgrade Day, who, mind you, actually had a really good game on the weekend, just had some clangers. He still had 30 touches, and the role is there. He passes the eye test as well. So I think Day will be fine personally. Um but, yeah, I, I think if you do have Day, I think this is a really bad trade-in because there's two guys that could go wrong at any time. But if you don't have Day, I really like Ridley. The only thing is, and his ownership numbers there, Dano, is very fascinating. So 13% owned in round one, um, where he scored 107. Went up to 13.6. So there were teams that brought him in for a 70 against Gold Coast. And then people jumped off. He went all the way down to 7.5% owned against Port Adelaide, which is when he had that concussion and scored 18. People jumped the fuck off. He went down to 3.1% ownership, Dano, just in time for him to score 122 and 130 against Richmond and West Coast in round 10-11. You'd be fucking livid if you held on to him until round eight and then traded him out and then saw him score 252 points in two weeks. That was me. Is super good draft. <laughs> yeah, so fucking live it. I owned Ridley at the start. I jumped off after the Gold Coast game. Um, the role I hated the role. Um, but they have restructured things, and I think it frees up Ridley to literally play this Sicily slash Stewart role. That's what we bring in Ridley for. That's why I started him. It wasn't there, so I jumped off. A lot of people jumped to Nick Dacos as well, which was kind of logical at the time. Yeah, but. I think this is a really good trade-in option. Now, obviously, he has around 14 buy, which isn't great. But he's got a negative break-even, Dano, negative five. Yeah. 
which is pretty nutty, and plays North Melbourne, if you don't mind, this week, and then Carlton. Yep. Two teams that just spray and pray into that forward 50. I'm going to float a name that's not on the run sheet that I was filthy at, that I was 7K away from bringing in for a straight trade from Oscar Baker, and that's Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale at 482K. He's got a three-round average of 112, five-round average of 95, and he got an 108 on the weekend, and I'm fucking livid. I couldn't just do the straight swap. Yeah, I, I'm actually a little bit annoyed I didn't put him on the run sheet because I literally brought in Bailey Dale last week, and I had every intention to, but I just didn't scroll down live, low enough while I was doing the run sheet. But, yeah, I agree. Another round 15 buy, which is not good at all, mm. but the role looks good without JJ. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. And he's still under 500K, but, so. But it makes me a little bit nervous because Poulter has played halfback before. No, don't be. Don't be nervous. It's all good. Um, yeah, no, I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah, we'll move on to the midfield then, Pato. And the first one is he who shall not be named, Jordan Degoe. 543K, 108 average, 15% owned, 65 break even. You were jizzing. I know you were. You were absolutely busting a nut when you saw this man play, and it would have made it would have been the filthiest, dirtiest, most shameful busting of a nut I've ever I've ever seen in my life. You would have <laughs> like legit. How dirty did you feel, and how sh- ashamed did you feel, but happy at the same time? Yeah, very, very mixed emotions. Um, <laughs> shout out to to Scobie who was watching Jordan Degoe just rack it up. I was uh, on a on a bit of a road trip for basketball on Sunday. So didn't even catch the game, but oh, you bet you I was watching those scores. So actually, did they play Saturday? Whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> yeah, obviously very happy with the score. I've owned him for a few weeks now. Um, in hindsight, people will see that he was 505K last week and people jumped on Jack Steele, Dano, as the the value guy. And we've been big on to Goey for a while now, reluctantly. Like, long-time listeners will know how much I loathe this guy. Yeah. But sometimes you've got to put Sometimes you've got to put your head before your heart. And this was one of those times, Dana. Now, I think we started mentioning him sort of very early in the piece, sort of around three or four, where I remember particularly mentioning that it's okay to bring your M8 in early in the year if the value is there. And... He started at 468K, Dano, which is pretty nutty. And mm. good on the 7.8% of teams who started him. Obviously, very, very happy. But I still feel like this is great value at 543K. But the break even is obviously pretty low. And boy, oh boy, he's got West Coast this weekend, Dano. Yeah. Um, he's a bit up and down. Like, But since the Giants, since around 90, he's gone 128, 92, 156. But that's against the Giants, Carlton, and North. Three fucking bottom sides, and I'm putting Carlton as a bottom side because they're fucking trash. And now they got West Coast this week. But then their run starts getting much harder, Pato. So, Correct. The, the the low scores are in games that he's been tagged in. So against Port Adelaide, he was tagged for an 84. They're also... Against Adelaide, he was tagged for a 67. And against Sydney, he was tagged for a 76. And Carlton, he was also tagged for a 92. Um, obviously, is going to be an ongoing sort of thing over the rest of the year. Um, I don't think teams can tag both him and Dacos, though. And, and that's going to be a question that teams will ask themselves. The next one we got, Pato, is 
Zachy Merritt at 596k, 110 average, 18% owned, 72 break even. Motherfucker's going to go above 600k. Probably will go huge this week. Um, we were big on getting him in. We both got him in. Hopefully, you guys did too, and you're in the 18%. But if you're not, uh, this is probably the last chance you're going to get before he goes out of reach. Yep, absolutely agree. Uh, round 14 buy is awkward because you're bringing him in for two weeks before the buy, but. I think the price point and the the output, I think it's really great value and better than someone like a Sarong, I think. Yeah, agreed. 110%, much like his average. Uh, (laughs) Okay, we're going on the ruck uh, line now, Pato, and I'm going to mention my Giants boy, Kieran Briggs, 254k, 106 average, 0.7% of teams, minus 64 break even. If you're a Sean Darcy owner... Honestly, I'm fighting with the idea, Pato, of trading him out, banking the 300 or 200 and something K, whatever the fuck it is. I'm just trying to upgrade a rookie in another line and hope that Briggs keeps doing what he's doing. Um, doesn't have to score huge, but just keeps having this sort of output. Yep, I think that's what I'm doing with Sean Darcy is getting him down to Briggs and using the money to upgrade to Dawson in defense. So... I think I'm pretty set on that idea as well. Uh, he's not going to average 105. That goes without saying, but I think he he settles for a sort of 80 to 90. And and it, it might just be a four or five week thing. Um, and he might get up to 400K, Dano, and then you just flick him on again um, and use the money elsewhere. So, yeah, I think this is what I'm doing. Um, I think my plan is to bring in Darcy Cameron uh, next week, potentially. Um, and then I've got the cover for if the Briggs selection doesn't go right or I, for whatever reason, have to keep Briggs and he doesn't score that well. So just a contingency plan. Yep, fair enough. Jared Witt, 605K, 117 average, 10% owned, 96 break even. He is having some fucking sort of season. And if it wasn't for him not playing for, what, those two games, Pado, he would be the talk of the town in Ruck. Um, to be honest, he is playing fucking well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And flying under the radar too, Dano. Um, he's in 10% of teams, as you mentioned. Um, and the bye next week makes it a little bit awkward. So you could maybe wait a week. Um, but if you're looking for a Darcy replacement, I, I think, and you don't want to go down to a Briggs, I think this is the logical option. Yeah, yeah. Nank the Tank, uh, 554K, 111 average, 0.7% of teams, 106 break even. He's a POD uh, for a Sean Darcy trade as well, but I'm not fucking going from Sean Darcy to Nank to Sean Darcy to Nank. Fuck that shit. Um, <laughs> I know I know you've got scars to hand over, but Nank's actually scored very well this year. Uh, 112, 118, 124, 97 in his uh, injured game, 94 in his return, and then 119 against Port Adelaide. And that was against set too. So, look, I, I think it's a good trade-in. Um, not everyone is playing Ruck Roulette with their uh, two, Dano, like you are, but I, I don't mind it. And you make <laughs> you make a little bit of money with Nankervis in for Darcy as well. Yeah, yeah. Um Blend of ruck and forward here. Darcy Cameron, 471k ruck slash forward, 94 average, uh, 5% owned, and 129 break even. I'm not 
fully about this at the moment, Pato. I know he's got West Coast this week, but mm, his his last two games coming back from injury have not been impressive. That that don't impress me much. So let me just put that into a little bit of perspective for you and listeners, Dano. Yeah. Uh, so his first game back from injury, he played about fifty percent ruck split against Carlton, who are actually kind of tricky to score against for Ruckman this year. Pitnet is a good tap Ruckman, and they had Phillips also backing him up that week as well. Uh, Goldstein is somehow having a really good year, Dano, which makes me sick. Yeah. Um, But also a very restrictive Ruckman. And Darcy Cameron had 23 CBAs, Dano, while Mason Cox had seven. So that is... Pretty clear that he has the lion's share of that ruck role, and they're going to use Mason Cox a lot more up forward. Nice, juicy matchup this weekend, Dano, against West Coast, where I actually think he gets close to his break even, if not surpasses it. Uh, and then has Melbourne, which is obviously tricky, and then buy, and then it kind of opens up from there. So... I think the price makes him really, really attractive. He's obviously the number one ruck there, and the fact that his DPP gives you that coverage. So even if you bring in Darcy Cameron this week and you can help use him to cover for Darcy, obviously you'd have to find the money somehow. But if you don't, if you want to hold Darcy, so this is Sean Darcy, obviously, and swing Cameron into your ruck line if you've got a ruck forward DPP on as your R3. And then, obviously, when whenever Sean Darcy comes back, you just swing Darcy Cameron forward. And Darcy Cameron as your F6 is not going to ruin your team, Dano. Uh, I don't know. I think there's better options. Um, anyway, that's just me. Last guy on the list, though, Pato, is Jack McRae who realistically should be our first in the forward line, but we left him to last. So he's newly appointed forward status, 574K, 110 average, 10% owned, 41 break even. I feel like <laughs> it's hard. I I'm, I want to get him in 574K. I'm like, fucking Jack McRae at 574K? What the fuck? With forward status? Yeah, boy. Um, I'm trying to move heaven and earth to get this man in, even though I know Trelaw's coming back soon. I just I just feel like he's back. Back to back one forty plus scores, Pato. But where does Trelaw play when he returns, Dana? Which could be this week. I feel like you gotta play McRae in the guts. He's an all Australian mid in there for I, a reason. I agree. We knew we knew that at the start of the year when he started playing half forward. Like we yeah. knew that. We've been shouting that out all year, but it's Bevo. Yeah, I know. Uh hmm. I think and I think Trelaw affects Trelaw- Bailey Smith more. I feel like Trelaw affects Bailey Smith more. Well, Bailey Smith is a fake primo anyway. So that's I who I reckon I, it affects. I think back to last year where Trelaw had his hamstring, his annual hamstring injury and came back and actually played half back. And maybe that is what they do, considering they have lost Johannesson off that half back line. And maybe McRae oh. does keep his sort of more midfield role. But I... <laughs> I just can't trust Bevo. Fuck it. My team scored shit last week, so I'm trying anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm I sure, can yeah. I can bring in McRae, but I'm going with Dawson instead with the plan of getting Darcy Cameron next week. Yep, fair enough. Move on to question time, Paddo. 
Um, so we'll start with Facebook. So the first one is from Nathan. He said, thoughts on downgrading Zebel to Ridley or Dale to bank some coin. Ridley is better for the buyers, though. I think they average around the same for the rest of the season. We'll start off with the Zebel thing. Yeah, at the moment, he's becoming a little bit of a headache, Pato. The old Zebel. A little bit of a fake primo, you could say. Well, new coach. Hmm. Or not really yeah, a new scores- coach, but yeah, you get what I mean. His scores have certainly dipped under Ratten. For yeah. sure. Uh, is it is it a coincidence? Is it just because they played Sydney and Collingwood, who are sort of two more? Well, Collingwood's the the best team on the ladder, which I hate to say. Um, and Sydney are quite a defensive dower sort of team at the best of times. Um, it it could backfire. Like it's only four weeks ago where he scored 179 against and killed up. Yeah. So. I feel it's a tough one because people are trying to find ways to find money to upgrade. Correct. I think if you're looking at moving Zebel on, I think you just hold your trade. Yeah. I'm half tempted to actually live in a world where I have Zebel, um, Day, and Ridley all in the one defense and just be like, fuck it. Yeah. And Sheasel, just, just to narrow Sheasel, off the trifecta. Sheasel with Sheasel and, um, um, Mitchell swinging between defense and forward on the bench as loopies. I oh, know. I Please, personally, yeah. I wouldn't be going as able to Ridley. Yeah, I'm. I wouldn't be either at the moment. Try and find another way um, if you really want him or Dale. Liam goes. I've traded in Eddie Ford this week. That gives me eighteen playing. Obviously, this round and nineteen in round thirteen. So do I hold on to Darcy until after round 13 by and trade in wits? He seems like the best option seeing as English is the round 15. I think you hold on to him if you're fine for the next two weeks and see whether or not he comes back for the Giants game. I, I think if you can cover, I think that's a play. Don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah, if he's got 18 playing this week, fuck it. Just hold. Um, although I hate it when it says like, they they don't say like did they say specifically how long Darcy's going to be out for? No, it just says short term. Oh, Fuck no, that's I, annoying. What did it say? Hang on, I'll bring it up for clarity I, because I feel like it says TBC on the official injury list. That's and I think annoying. It was quoted as saying a moderate hamstring on a big boy. Yeah, mm. who has had history. Mm. I'd trade. I'd trade. Pull the trigger. Fuck it. Although he's he's not going to lose money, but the others are going to get affected, so fuck it. Um, Baden goes, boys, 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 thoughts on big boy Briggs for during the buyers. Got trades to burn and could be a sneaky cash cow while scoring well too. Yes. You got the trades to burn, Baden? Fucking go it. Agreed. Yeah, you just run your three rucks over the buyers and then... um... Yeah, reassess at the end of the buys. You flick him on and you use the money or you turn him into Nat Five, who might be decent bench coverage between your forward and midfield. Like, yeah, I, I think, yeah, jump on. Yeah. Now, Luke, we said ask questions and you've done a statement, <laughs> but I'll read your statement. So classic, Luke, classic Luke. <laughs> people hating on the tackle suspensions players have, no, sorry, man needs to learn what a fucking comma is or a full stop. People hating on the tackle suspensions. Players have been told this since round one. If they aren't changing the way they go about it, then they will suffer the consequence. 
Fair enough. Fair Simon. enough. We, we, ask, we ask the questions. Yeah. So Simon goes, Simon's got a fair few here. So Simon says, should I trade this week? I should have 19 for this week currently, but I want to upgrade Ashcroft and Wilmot. Was thinking maybe Redmond. But if I, well, Pat is going to say no straight away to Redmond. Um, but if I trade in another player playing, I will hurt, it will hurt me rounds 14 and 15 as opposed to keeping those two. But if I don't upgrade them, will that also hurt me as most teams will be closer to full primo than me? Is it worth maybe trading them to another non player, say Sarong? Huh. I think. Ashcroft is a hold because it helps with the back end of the buyers. I, I got rid of Ashcroft a couple of weeks ago and it was probably a mistake. Wilmot, I think, is one that can go, though, especially with a couple of options in defense. So you could go early on Mullen, which I don't mind, although they do have some guys to come back soon. Mm. Or you could go to Wardlaw and just double downgrade and then you look at your upgrades for next week. I think traditionally that first the first buy round every year is somewhere where you want to try and hold your trades so that anyone you bring in, you can just target the guys that have already had the buys and that way you're not bringing in someone to miss a week. Yeah. Um, but it's tricky because there's been a lot of carnage and like I'm one that's copying the Darcy. I'm, I'm in a similar predicament. I don't have Ashcroft or Wilmot. Um, but just personally speaking, I've got... Seamus Mitchell on my bench who I can't play. I can't even switch him using DPP without making a trade. So I could cash him in and go all the way down to a rookie and then bring in a primo. Um, Or I can just make one trade and go Mitchell down to a rookie and then, uh, sorry, like Roberts down to a rookie while switching Mitchell up forward and I can get him on field that way, but don't have any money to make that trade. So it's a sideways trade. So, it's it's very tricky to navigate. I um I'm also holding Cripps, who I'm only expecting. Like I think Eddie Ford will outscore Patrick Cripps again this week, which is fuck, fucking yeah, fucked. And um, Will Phillips wasn't he a great hold, Dana? Do you still have him? No, I fucked him off ages ago. Oh mate, ninety nine on the weekend with a break even of four. That's fine by me because I ended up getting a I ended up getting merit and shit. So yeah, I've got him too. <laughs> Yeah, so, no, that's fine. Um, Scoby Bryant says, how many, pool- <laughs> how many pools of the Gherkin did Dano have at roughly 6 p.m. Saturday evening at the conclusion of the Giants game, and was this equal to how many times Dimmer railed a player's partner? <laughs> in, in the bathroom of his, of his restaurant. <laughs> I was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 There was there were scenes in that cubicle, mate. There were scenes in that cubicle, but probably not the scenes Brian that you were pro- probably not the scenes that you were thinking of. <laughs> oh, 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 that is disgusting. So apologies uh, for anyone that might be eating while listening to this podcast. <laughs> um, Shaztech says, "I have to trade Sean Darcy. How essential is Darcy Cameron? Do you guys have him or plan to get him? Thanks for the podcast, fellas." I'm not planning on getting in Darcy Cameron, but Pado is. Um, and we've kind of gone over that. So we can, do you reckon skip that one now, Pado? Cause we've already discussed. Uh, yeah, I think we've kind of covered that Shaz tech, but I, 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 I don't have him, but he's in my radar for sure. Even if it's a next week sort of thing where I use him as cover for 
Darcy, but I don't know. Like, do you actually have to trade Darcy? That would be my biggest question. Um, mm. If you want to shoot me an inbox, feel free to Shaztech and I can sort of have a look and, and maybe give you some opinion. But yeah, I don't know if Darcy is an essential trade, but it's always the ones where like, if I decide to hold Darcy, I just know he's going to miss four weeks. But if I trade him, I know he's going to return next week. So it's <laughs> fucking frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tyson says currently averaging one injury per week and have 11 trades left. Do I just stop trading? <laughs> Mate, yeah, um, it's a tough one. Um, the, the thing you've got to consider though, like if you're averaging one injury per week, like most people are as well. So you've just got to keep keep going with your upgrades. Um, short-term injuries, you've got to just hold and see if you can just weather the carnage. Um, a bit like Millhouse, just you know, everything is fine when the house is on fire. Um but you've still got your house at the end of it, even though it's just ashes like Patrick Cripps. So I think you just you keep going, trying to get your full primo by the end of the buys. Ideally, target the guys coming off the buy and just hope for the best, I would say. Um, I have 13 trades left. Before trades this week, Dano, if I hold or make one trade, um, and I've only got a couple of upgrades to do. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. Very tricky. How do you have 13 and I've got 14. Uh, I've been conservative when I shouldn't have been and I've been fucking aggressive when I shouldn't have been as well. So I'm so Tom confused. Green, Josh Kelly um, after their one week injuries and suspensions, uh, Took Miller, like I've wasted a lot of trades on that sort of shit, but yeah. I've also been fairly aggressive over the last few weeks getting guys like Weddle and Humphrey in just to give me some coverage over the buy rounds, but I'm still fucking holding Jack Bytel. Like, it's... So am I. I don't know. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck I'm doing. Mate, holding got- Will Phillips paid off. I'm yeah. um, being conservative with him, but Bytel's cheaper than he was at the start of the year. Yeah, fucking Bytel's just doing my head in, and when you've got um, fucking Constable... Constable. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then when you're like, oh, if I trade in Chesser instead of fucking this bloke, then I can upgrade this bloke and then I trade in Chesser and then he plays like one game and gets or gets dropped or whatever. You fuck. Anyway. And, and then dumb, and then you're looking at Matt Johnson who got suspended for, what, three weeks? Yes. <laughs> and like I held on to him and he had 37 last week, but then... Had a bunch of CBAs and looked really good against Melbourne for a 72. And, like, it's a weird one. Like, that's paid off. Fucking subs. Anyway, we are not yeah. called the, the Supercoach co-captains for nothing every week. We give you all VC and C options to set your team apart from the rest. So, our first buy round uh, VC and C options. So, we've got Friday, the MCG. It's Melbourne versus Carlton. Um, and, Pato, I feel like... Petrarca might get let off the chain in this one. See, I'm not so sure because... What? Um, oh, wait, no. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Um, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I like Petrarca. <laughs> <laughs> I got um, it mixed up with arms coming in for Melbourne as a defensive minor mid when it's fucking it's Carlton that are against him. Anyway. Can I, can I just say, listen to Christian Petrarca's run this year. 97, 97, 119, 103, 110, 104, 167, 122, 148, 103, 122. He's only been under 100 two times. That was rounds one and two, and they were both 97. Yeah, it's really annoying because, like, 
Last year, I brought him in pretty early while he was a pretty good price and he was a very frustrating own last year and um, got like 53, 70, 99 in that middle part of the year. And like he had 189 against Adelaide, but then he'll back it up with a 91 against Geelong. Like it was a very frustrating own last year, but I, he's going to another level this year and he's just, yeah, he's going nuts. Consistent. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you like a Doherty as a VC in this one, Pato, or not really? Yeah, I was just looking at his history against Melbourne. I do like Doherty, but I don't know if he has the ceiling for a good VC. And I feel like there are a few sneaky options here that could go sort of 140 plus. And I think you chase that, especially in this buy round where it could be the difference. Um, there won't be much between the first ranked team this week and 100th or 1,000th. So... I'm I'm calling it. We're going to see someone crack twenty one to twenty two hundred this week. Ooh. Easy, easy, easy. Won't be me. I've got Patrick Cripps. It like I yeah maybe twenty. It won't surprise me if someone cracks twenty three hundred from their best eighteen. But I I think there'll also be teams that are fielding like fifteen guys. I feel like there's going to be more people fielding nineteen than and twenty than what there will be with fifteen. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. No one else you like from this one, Pato? Not really, no. Okay. We'll move on. Saturday at Adelaide Oval, Port Adelaide versus Hawthorne. Fucking take your pick, Pato. There's a plethora of VC options in this one. You say that. There is. Hawthorne are actually in pretty decent form lately, Dano. They they beat St Kilda. Yeah. They've, They've won two in a row. I'm just saying, you got your butters, you got your Rosie, you oh Sicily's not in. Fuck. Yep. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. So butters, Rosie, I don't mind as a VC, especially as a potential like big ceiling sort of guys. But I feel like one of them may get tagged because Hawthorne do love a tag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> call me crazy. I have a weird feeling where will go like 120 this week in Probably. a Sicily role. Can I? Can I just say something? <laughs> yes, that's what we do on the podcast, don't we? Ollie Wine, since I told people to potentially look oh, at him at, oh, oh, at 412K, has gone yeah. 93, 110, 95. Why don't you bring him in then? Nah, because if I had have, I should have brought him in at fucking 412. Yeah, you should have backed yourself. Yeah, but then, meh. If what watch well, this is how my season will go. Watch Ollie Wines go absolutely spastic over the next two games. <laughs> Yep. It'll happen, and then everyone will be like, oh, Ollie Boyd was like this much. Oh, my God, should have jumped on. I'll be like, yeah, I fucking told you. And then I'll be like, ah, shit, I didn't do it myself. Um, Yeah, I still like Butters. That, that money in 2021 is nuts, and I, I don't think he re- replicates that, but he could go on a run of 100 plus. Yeah, yeah. Probably not a VC option, though. Um, no. No. Uh, anyone else from this game, Pato? No. No, okay. Next one, Optus Stadium. The bigger blockbuster game between the top of the ladder and the top of the shit teams. Um, (laughs) Or the bottom of the ship teams, whatever you want to call it. The top of the ladder and the top of the reverse ladder. West Coast versus Collingwood at Optus Stadium. Disco Dacos to Ryanamark. Jordan Dugowie to Ryanamark. Yeah. It's going to be bad. Yeah, I, I feel like Dugowie's probably going to be my VC. And I feel like he's got the 
better ceiling right now than Disco Dacos. Um, yeah, but Dacos could have like 45 touches. Yeah, but man gets like, if he gets like over 40 touches and he still only gets like 140, should be getting like yeah, 170. If they win, if they win by like 100 points, like they're going to get a bunch of super coach scoring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, that this would be a prime time VC in this game. Probably, I reckon a ma- majority of people will go Disco Dacos VC if you got to go. Uh, it's not quite again, but um, the the thing is, VCs you could leave to the last two games of the round during the buyers' day, because you can just captain a guy on the buyer. Yeah, that's correct. So theoretically, if you're sitting in front of your tally on Sunday, you could VC someone in the Richmond versus GWS game. I'm just saying, ideally, in the Super Coach Co-Captain's Cup. I'm just, I'm just saying, out of all the games, I reckon you'd be VCing someone from Collingwood against the. Eagles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like I'm on to go right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, next one: Western Bulldog versus Geelong Cats at Marvel Stadium. The Bond. I feel like he gets sat on by uh, Blitzafs. The McRae? had had ninety eight <laughs> last year while getting tagged by him. Um, well, if McRae, if sorry, if Trelaw comes in, McRae's a no go because you want to see the role before committing to a VC. I think um, Tim English may be a decent option. Don't know. I think you're wrong, to be honest. I reckon you can commit to a VC in this this week because they're the best C on Sunday in the very last game. Yeah. Which so I reckon you could VC whoever you want, realistically. Oh, you could, absolutely. Yeah. But I think there's yeah. better options than this game because I think Tom Stewart. Yes. Just hit no, absolutely. absolutely, actually, yeah. Yeah. No, um, no, especially no. against the Bills. Yeah. Yeah. I'll move into the next game then. Gold Coast versus Adelaide. Just, oh, yeah. I just want to say, Dono, before, how in a ga- in a week where there's one, two, three, four, there's seven games, have they decided that overlapping these two games was a good idea? Yeah, it was fucking dumb. There should be a game Thursday night. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Or an extra game on Sunday. Um, like anyway. there is next week. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Suns versus the Crom. Um, are this you sold? Good. Are you sold on Rowell yet? <laughs> you know what's funny? I was thinking about this over the weekend when I was looking at the scores. Um, I feel like we're both right when we mentioned that Rowell and Anderson were both really good options for when mine was out. better. Mine was better because Rowell was like four sixty or four eighty k when I mentioned him. Anyway, we're not trying to see who can piss the furthest. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, and now everyone's like, oh, let's bring in fucking Rowley's fucking yeah. eating grass, kicking ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rowley's on hate. Rowley's fucking nuts. We all knew he could do it. We all knew he yeah. could do it. And it just goes to shit. I, I feel this. Is, remember when um, Essendon had the drug saga and Zachy Merritt got thrown into the guts because I had no one? Yeah. And it was like his breakout year. Yeah. I feel like with Tuke out, this has helped Anderson and Rowell tremendously. And so next year, when they've got King's got another fucking season under his belt and his confidence is high, you got Lukosius, see, confidence is high. I think next year's Suns will actually be fucking deadly. Well, yeah, because Dimmer will be coaching them. That too. Um, anyway, <laughs> so Matty Rowell, cheeky VC, Jordan Dawson, um, cheeky VC. Yeah. 
He's got a decent history against Adelaide Dano with a cheeky uh, average against them of 132. Yep. In two games. Um, I, I prefer the Adelaide Adelaide guys, though, just... Laird. See, this is up in Darwin, Dano. Yep. And Rory Laird scored 50 in sticky conditions, which is probably what it's going to be like. Um, it'd be very dewy, very sticky, but... I think, actually, let me see if Laird has played at TIO in his career. He has. He's played two games there for an average of 116. So ignore that. I think Laird is a great VC option. <laughs> um, I really like Dawson as well. Worth noting, though, that Adelaide were fairly restrictive last week, and they actually used uh, what's-his-face to tag Lockie Neal at times. Um, and who is his Ben Keyes. Ben Keys. Yeah. Um, Dunkley still went off, but Neil did get 122. <laughs> so that's not bad at all. But um, just just worth keeping in the back of your mind. But for a VC, I like both Dawson and Laird, honestly. Yeah. Next one, Giants versus Richmond uh, on I Sunday. Also I really, also really like Wits in that game too. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Giants versus Richmond at Giants Stadium on the Sunday at 1.10 oh, oh, oh. p.m. I feel like everyone's going to be like, oh, they're going to put attention into Taranto. I don't reckon Kingsley is. I don't reckon he yeah, is. Yeah, with a five-round average of 122, he is getting into sort of VC consideration category. Don't know. with Like, he's going crazy. Mm, but I um, don't, yeah, I don't reckon, yeah. So he could be VC. I don't reckon Kingsley will pay much attention to him. I feel like, though, it's going to be the Giants going to be like, hey, Timmy, you fucking left us. Hey, Hops, you left us. Let's show well, you. And, I, re- and I, reckon, I reckon it's going to be Tom Green. Box, maybe. I reckon it's going to be Tom Green. Be like, hey, you leaving meant that I can do this. I I get and the Hobbs. sense that maybe Toronto will get into his own head about this and maybe struggle just playing against his old team. But I don't I don't hate the idea of a VC perhaps. I'm saying um, I'm saying that potentially a Tom Green VC or a Stephen Cornelio. Yeah, worth noting here. though that um what I, I had a feeling might happen was McWalter did do some tagging work and Pickett went with Rosie. Yeah, but can Pickett go with fucking um Tom Green? No. Could with Cornelio, though. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's an awkward one. Mm, yeah. But yeah, um, we'll move into the last game, which is Essendon versus North Melbourne at Marvel. And I th- this is where I was saying, I think you got the easiest C of your life, which would be Zachy Merritt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely agree. Um, Lazy 140 against them last year. Uh, I completely agree. Yeah, and I don't really like anyone else in that game other than Zachy Merritt. Um, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, Pado, what's your Twitter handle? It's at P-A-T-T-O-S-Triple-C. And mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-Triple-C. Anything further you want to add, Pado? Uh, no, good luck this week. Just um, try and be a little bit conservative this week. I know it's easier to sort of use your trades and go, oh, I've got three, so I'm going to fucking use them. But um, just keep in mind that anyone you bring in this week will have a buy um, after you bring Correct. them in. So if you can just hold off, 
get through this week, then we can look at the guys coming off the round 12 bye. And there are some nice teams coming off the bye. Like you got Brisbane, you got Lockie Neal, those sort of guys. Um, Sydney have a couple of decent options. Like I, I feel like, yeah, just, just try and be patient. And, and I know like you want to try and get a full team, but just try and be patient. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So from us, at the Super Coach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> <laughs>